TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Monday. Our fine show emanating out of the fine city of Chicago, wherever you are listening to us today, be it in the United States or internationally. Yes, via the wonders of the Internet, this show being broadcast out to seven different continents. And also, we're sneaking into lower parts of Utah and Nevada as well. We appreciate your joining us. We hope you had a great weekend, a little Easter weekend. Hope uh, everybody enjoyed the time with family, with friends yesterday, possibly a brief, quiet moment with a uh, bunny rabbit. Who knows, whatever your persuasions might be. We hope you had a great Easter out there. David Olson, our producer on the other side of the glass, big dog and a coach at your service, actually, to be more specifically correct at this point. The coach is at your service. The big dog hopefully going to be joining us in a couple of minutes. The co-pilot seat is open right now if you want to check in. We would love to hear from you. As per always, our phone number, 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Where do you begin? Where do you begin on a busy, busy sports weekend? NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, baseball Throw a little golf in there. Got all kinds of stories off the sports page as well. A big royal wedding coming up this weekend. Not sure if anybody's excited about that. Some of us think it's a royal paint. But others are celebrating the royal wedding. So we'll talk about some stuff off the sports page as well. But without further ado, without further Joseph ado, I want to welcome in my good partner, a sports reactionary of the finest sort. It is the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Check it in. Big dog, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Coach. Uh, hopefully you had a great weekend. Oh, my goodness, there was a lot of stuff going Woo! on. And wow. If you're a Chicago sports fan, there's plenty to talk about. If you're just yeah. a sports fan in general, there's plenty to talk about. But, I mean, wow, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Yeah, and, and up until about uh, 9 o'clock last night, Big Dog, it was all negative pretty much over the weekend anyways for the Chicago sports fans. Cubs lose, Cubs lose, Sox lose, Sox lose, Bulls lose, Bulls lose, and then uh, in overtime could have easily been Hawks lose, but Corey Crawford stood on his head among other body parts, and finally Hawks win, Hawks win! Were you watching the playoff game, Big Doug? It was outstanding. Oh, I was, I was definitely watching it. As a matter of fact, uh, I hit rock bottom last night, Coach. Uh, well, I, what, what did Rock do to make you so mad that you hit him? Oh no! Uh, I was I hit right like I went out to rock bottom oh. the place last night. Okay, I thought rock bottom was a friend of yours, and you accosted him at some point. Well, I have accosted many people. I don't have a friend right. named uh, Bottom though. My brother used to date a girl named Rock. I don't think her last name was Bottom, but her first name was Rock. It was an interesting relationship. Yeah, your brother was a lucky man to even have met her. Uh you would say that until you've actually met the girl. Okay. Let's just say she lived up to her first name. Okay. <laughs> it was a very brief relationship. Let's move on to other things. What, where, where? Too bad she didn't live up to a, the last name of Bottom. <laughs> I told you her last name wasn't Bottom. Her first name was Rock. 
But tell me your relationship with the beautiful, lovely uh, Rock Bottom. Oh, uh, last night when I was with uh, the beautiful and lovely Japino nurse last night. Ah. It was very good. Uh, very it was nice. our Easter It was our Easter meal. Japino. Well, she's half Japanese, half Filipino. Ah. Is that a term that you've come up with, or is that an official coagulation? Would it would it seem uh, insensitive and racist if I was the one who came up with it? No, I, quite, you know me. I love uh, making up words, so I would do quite the contrary. I would give you uh, much credit and, and Joseph Adu's. Absolutely. She has no problem with it. Excellent. Because, like, jokingly, I call her my little Japino. Japino. Okay. Yeah. I like so that. That's... Very nice. Very sweet. I'm glad you like it, Coach. Okay. So how the hell did you hit... She hasn't punched me out, and she would if she didn't like it. Trust me. Well, I, we encourage her nice to do right so. I, I give her all the, all the encouragement she could muster up to do so. <laughs> little of physical abuse would do you good. Uh, but we were, you know, there's very few places open on Easter Sunday night. Yes. Really. And uh, so the place, it was absolutely packed. It's normally a busy place, but, I mean, it was packed last night. And, you know, some people were complaining about the service, and I'm like, I just shook my head. And I'm like, don't people realize that there's like four people working here tonight in this place? I mean, it was like 500 people in there. So uh, luckily, Coach, the server was not able to get to me as often as I would have liked, mm-hmm. and I still was half in the bag. Ah. So luckily, it was a really packed and busy night, or else who knows what would have happened. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to remember anything about the game. All right, now again, uh, you know me. When it comes to a big sporting event like last night's game, I like to be in the privacy of my own home. Well, you know like... I do too. You know okay, I do so too. what was on. the reason you uh, you hit rock bottom, literally and figuratively? Is is because well, I hadn't seen the girlfriend in a long time, so met her downtown. You know, I live in Aurora; she lives on okay. the lakefront. Okay. You know, living the jet set lifestyle, mm-hmm. so you know I ha- I have to come out there. She, I mean, the only place to see in Aurora is uh, Walter Payton's uh, roundhouse. Yeah. Once we've done that, we yeah we've done that many times. Yeah, once you once you've seen Walter Payton's roundhouse, there really is a very little more to go. The sky's the limit in Aurora once you've seen that. Or you can go to the boat and lose all your money and not even have enough uh, for a train back to get to Chicago. Been, been there, done that. Oh, you that's happened to you? Oh yeah, coach. I didn't know you had degenerate in you. I'm proud of you. Very quickly, you know, a couple of times visiting the boat, lost money very quickly. It hasn't been a visit in a long, long time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So. Uh, and so, you know, went downtown. And I would much rather watch the game with my boys, just a couple of us. But, uh, you know, I had to watch it with 800 people who had no idea what the heck was going on. But it was a good time, Coach. Phenomenal. So Phenomenal. so I'm taking this was not particularly a sports bar. Everybody was oh, not. Yeah, no, no. Rock Bottom always has sports on. Well, then. It's like handcraft. They have their own brewery there, Rock Bottom Brewery. Okay. It's on State and Grand. Yeah. Why, I, mean, it, it, I don't understand. Phenomenal. Why did the, the people place. have no idea what was going on? <laughs> well, I don't, it just seemed like a lot of tourists and stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? It, was, uh, it seemed like only about a third of the people in there were like Hawk fans, okay. like real Hawk fans. You know yeah, what I, I mean? You. And uh, so yeah, I'm not knocking the people in there. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I'm in Chicago. I want as many tourists to come to Chicago as possible. I love the city. So mm. well, it, I, it was only a few of us that really – and the, the best way for me to put it is now that I realize that it's not really a sports bar coach, but – they had hundreds of TVs in there, so and they were all on sports. But you walk in there, and you one half is fine dining, and the other half is like, uh, you know, really nice tavern. Did any of the hundred TVs have a vision? I worry for any uh, you know tourists out of the country; they might get scared by this, think it's a terrorist attack or something. But did any of them have Mel Kiper breaking down the NFL draft coming up this weekend? 
Uh, I did not notice that. I okay. do think uh, if even though, even though, uh, you know, it's right before the NFL draft, yes. Mel Kiper is not allowed on television an afternoon of Passover. Well, really? Yeah. I did not. I figured out of 100 TVs, you know, Mel would sneak into one of them, but I did not know that religious uh, aspiration had been dictated. Very interesting. Well, he, he offended a, a lot of your ilk. Uh, ah. of your tribe because one year he did the whole <laughs> the guy that you should pass over in yeah. the NFL draft on Passover people were none too pleased coach. <laughs> hey, he seriously did that? I like that concept. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I just made that oh, up. Okay, that know. would have been good. That would have been good. I, I got my whole things mixed up, you know, the, the two guys with the most famous hair. Sports Mel Kiper and then you got the whole Donald Trump thing, you know, which the ball is rolling now for his Republican candidacy. But I got the whole thing mixed up. I, I don't know if it was a dream or late at night or whatever. I'm visioning Donald Trump analyzing the NFL draft, and I got Mel Kiper running a political symposium. It was a very, very scary thought. Yeah, I, 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 there's just something about Donald Trump that I've never liked. I love the how hard he works mm-hmm. and how positive and, de- and determined he is. Yeah. But there's so much douche about him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The only thing I like about him is, is just the spirit and will of the man. I totally and honestly yeah. respect. I really do. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a little bit of schizo with him. There is some, uh, some likability, some natural charisma, but then it's the, the ego, I think, that, uh, primarily gets in the way of me. Yeah. Yeah. He was a kid that was picked on and has never been able to get over it. I he hope likes so. to rub it in everybody's face. I don't you know. know. What I mean, that I don't like. I don't like that part about him. Yeah, I don't know if that's right, but I hope so. I, it would give me some joy to know that at least for some period of his years, <laughs> he had a miserable time. I worry that he was popular in high school too, and he never did. But uh, yeah, it was very weird, very weird. But I did enjoy in my weird dream. Uh, Mel Kiper breaking down the political regimes in Mideast countries. That was kind of interesting. That is a very sensitive yep. subject. Osama I mean, bin it, it, Laden, uh, you know, tall, lanky, goes well to his right, can hide behind receivers extremely well, projected as a late second round, might, you know, scoot up to a late first or a late first round. Well, you, you know what? It was either that or talk about whether or not they should, uh, the Cleveland Browns should, yeah. uh, should pick another quarterback and possibly they might not have the future in Colt McCoy. And he said it was, that's actually a lot safer subject was to talk about uh, Mideast regimes and, yes. and political climate. Yeah. And you know, that'll tell you, because if you, the people in Cleveland are so sensitive, Coach, that if you, if you just even mention like, oh, you know, the Indians might not be for real. Yeah. It might take a year or two. They will freak out and basically disown you as a friend. Yep. And not call you and basically cry like a little baby. And coach, it's happened to me recently. Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> that's why I hope the Cleveland Indians do well this year because the fine folks in Cleveland, many fine listeners out there in Cleveland, listening to our program. By the way, you want to check in if you're from Cleveland or any fine city out there. Eight eight eight. Huh? Uh, coach, uh, before you go ahead, give the phone number. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. I love the fine folks of Cleveland. Oh, and you know, I have a lot of Cleveland friends. You know, like transplants from Cleveland or yep. just from Ohio in general, you know, mm-hmm. and some of my closest friends. Because these are like smart people that know to get out of Ohio and Cleveland, you know, and then they come to a good yeah, city. Yeah, there, there, there's a cheap, underhanded shot at the fine city of Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I love Cleveland. I like the people of Cleveland. They were smart enough to get out of there. <laughs> well, the way, I'm telling you, some of my closest friends are from Ohio and Cleveland, okay. and they've moved here. I- I certainly hope so. All I know is if Cleveland Radio ever offered us a gig, Big Dog, I would be happy to move there, and I'd be rooting for the Indians in no time at all. 
Oh, I, I, actually, the Indians would be easy for me to root for. Yeah, Cleveland that, Browns, great tradition, National Football League. I would be more than happy to back the Browns. Uh, the, the Cavaliers, though, the, the Bulls actually do kind of have a, a itty-bitty rivalry with Cleveland. Yeah, but not anymore. No, I now they're so. the, the underdog mentality. you got to root for the Cleveland Cavaliers now. Are you kidding me? I do root for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, absolutely. Every single game I root for them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, like, enough I'll be like, seriously, who said they wouldn't win 15 games? <laughs> Well, they were they won like they were like five and three out of the gate, right? Oh, maybe even a little, like a nine and six, possibly. Yeah. No, no, not that far. Not 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 that not that high. Sour not start. High. Who needs LeBron? Who needs LeBron? And then reality sunk in. Not so good. And and then uh, the quote of the year was uh, that Hickson kid. It was actually pretty decent on yeah. Cleveland. JJ Hickson. When uh, they were around game number twenty, we're going to win another game this season. <laughs> And he meant to coach. He honestly was trying to convince somebody that they were going to win it because people actually were doubting if they'd win yep. again. Yeah, it was uh, during that losing streak. It was like it was like having a tooth pulled slowly without Novocaine. It was painful to watch, even as a non-Cavalier fan. But uh, Big Low, let's get to the you. You mentioned and I mentioned in the open what a great sports weekend it was. It's amazing how often we say that. That's a compliment to the sporting world, the institution that we pay so much attention to. That's why I love the world of sports. There's very few down moments. Certainly this weekend was not one of them. Big Dog, let's lead off with, uh, I think, one of the best games I've seen in a long time. I haven't watched a lot of hockey this year. One of the few times I sat down and watched a complete game. I got more than a complete game. I got a little sudden death action. Even if the Hawks would have lost, I would have said this was just an outstanding hockey game, a great sporting event. It had everything, all the stories, all the storylines, the ups, the downs, suspenseful all the way. But the uh, Hawks pull out a victory. I thought it was one of the best games I have seen this year, really in the last five years. Oh, heck yeah, Coach. It was a phenomenal uh, hockey game. Well played, extremely uh, good hitting. It was it was a, the villains heroes. Yep. What a game! It, it had everything. Mm-hmm. And to Vancouver's credit, because everybody talking about how they're starting to feel the choke, they had this oh, no, you know, thing are. with the Blackhawks. They lost two games in a row after a three only. They lost the game, but Big Dog, maybe you saw it differently after your fifth or sixth beer. Vancouver played to win. They did not play nervous. They played their game. You know, I, I would have to say that I would I, I would definitely have to say that the, the issue. The Vancouver players are fine. It's their net minders that they better be worried about right now, Coach. Yeah. Corey Schneider was pretty good. and What? what? He handed the Hawks the game. He comes out of the net and passes it right to a Blackhawk coach. Hey, he made a turnover. A couple of the, the first two Vancouver goals were off of Hawk defenseman turnovers as well. But let us not forget Corey Schneider made some great saves as well. Yeah, but when you're a goalie, you can't. He made some. I thought he got beat, Jew, uh, on, on a few things, Coach. The, the the point is, he he didn't play all that horrible, but he did not play well. It wasn't like it was a smart decision to sit down Luongo. Now Luongo comes in after the injury when uh, on the penalty ooh, shot, and, and that that was ooh, nasty groin injury. Well, supposedly it's not as bad as they thought. Oh, I, yeah, who easy, says easy who? For us to say, right? Yeah, exactly. Says who? Because I watched that the replay sitting in my living room. And and I got up and I had a groin pull just from watching it. It was that bad. Well, supposedly, supposedly it didn't get ripped from the bone. Ow! So oh, he's all right. Hey, mm. <laughs> so he's all just, right, coach. Even if it was ripped from the bone, just tape it up and get him back in. Okay. Now the the, the truth of the matter is this: Luongo 
Remember, remember before game one, what did I say? The, sto- the, the story of the series is whether or not Luongo mentally can, can get over his demons over the Blackhawks for some reason. Because Vancouver's a better team coach, let's face it. Um, let's, not, let's not like try to nope. act like, oh, they're the defending champs. Yeah, they're the defending champs. That, that team um, is gone. I'm gonna, and again, this is coming from a guy who did not watch much hockey this year based on the Last couple of games, in particular what I saw last night, I'm going to disagree with you. A, that no, I think the Hawk talent is even with Vancouver talent. And B, I still disagree with your analysis about Corey Schneider. It was a good decision. I thought he played very well in the Oh, no, no, no. It it was a good decision. That came out wrong, Coach. It was definitely a good decision to play Corey Schneider in in game six because the guy gave him a much better chance to win. Those two games... Prior, four and five, Luongo was beat around like a rag doll. So all of a sudden, last night, Corey Schneider gets pulled after the injury. Luongo gets put in net. This could end it all. All he had, all the, all the Canucks had to do is score before uh, Luongo gets, you know, lets one in, and all of a sudden he gets over the Blackhawk demons. It's that easy, coach. Yep. And instead, you know, he saves twelve out of thirteen shots. Had some great saves. But all I can think of right now is Liberto Luongo laying face down on the ice for about 30 seconds mm-hmm. after the game. Yep. He just laid there with his face on the ice, Coach. Well, couldn't blame And I couldn't blame any of the other players if they did the same thing. It was an incredibly emotional game. Nobody had more than a one-goal lead for 60 minutes plus. The tension was incredible, Big Dog. So that kind of reaction at the end, I can understand it. I, I, I can't. In, in in my whole entire fan of uh, hockey fandom, and I'm going to admit it's not a great fandom. It isn't like uh, I can give you examples in baseball, football, and basketball. Mm-hmm. But I can't ever remember a more like mentally challenging game. This is going to define Roberto Luongo in Game Seven. I know you don't like that, Coach. You don't like the whole. This is so gigantic. This was one of the biggest moments in Roberto Luongo's life in Game Seven mm-hmm. because he's the best goalie in this conference. He's been the best goalie in this conference for the last four years, and the Hawks have owned him. I mean, if they if he wins this game, they they're going to win the cup. I think, coach. I mean, really, that's how dramatic it is. It's the, the Hawks own Vancouver. Vancouver destroys everybody else in the playoffs until they get to to, to face the Blackhawks. So mm-hmm. mentally, I mean, really, I want I want to I just want to be able to see Luongo's eyes before the game, whether he's like shaking in his boots or he's going to like grab this moment. By the horns, and and that's going to determine whether or not the Hawks advance in the second round. If you're a Hawk fan, hockey fan, you want to check in. We lead off our show today with a little puck talk. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number you can email us at Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. Mike is a microphone. M I C and the number two. Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. Big dog, you mentioned it. You're exactly right. Roberto Luanga, all the demons, all the stories. The next couple of days, the next forty eight hours, all the psychology of it could have all been eliminated. All the Vancouver team had to do was score a goal, and they move on to the next session, and the Blackhawk jinx is over. The unsung hero, everybody's talking about Ben Smith with the winning goal, and yada, yada, yada. Corey Crawford, the young Blackhawk goalie starting his 33rd game in a row. He was okay in periods one or two. Second half of the third period and the overtime, he made some tremendous saves. He is the hero, in my opinion. I I couldn't agree more. I I will say this. If you're doing stars of the game, you, you get three of them. Dave Bolden also making Corey yes. Crawford's job a, a lot easier. Absolutely. Oh, Dave. Coach, honestly, like, you know, I tell you, I have not watched that much Blackhawk uh, hockey this year. When Dave Bolden came back the other day, yep. in my, I, I think I mentioned this to you, I had forgotten 
that he was still a Black Hawk. Mm-hmm. I thought he was another one of the casualties. That guy is a. I don't care how. I don't care what his statistics are. He's one of those guys that are beyond statistics. Even though I'm sure they're probably really good. Yeah. He's what had a, a goal last night, another goal, and so him and him and Corey Crawford coach. It's really cool because you know Taze and and Kane they get all the pub, but. David David Bolden definitely needs to be recognized by Hawkman. Not only had a great goal on a beautiful pass from Patrick Kane, who was outstanding last night, but also had the big hit. I mean, a football-type clean, clean hit. Didn't go high, but just leveled the guy and then got an assist out of that, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's when it created a loose puck yep. off of the hit on Van Damphus. Woo! And then, uh, you know, the, the puck trickled in front. And there you go. Yeah. Uh, Corey, uh, Schneider, Corey Schneider is on his face, and the puck's going top shelf. Yeah, and Dave Bowen, let us not forget, a lot of the times he was on the ice when uh, the Sedin brothers were playing, too, and, and he was a big defensive presence. And uh, I don't know if you can stop the Sedin brothers, but at least limiting their effectiveness. So he played both ends of the court using a basketball term. It was a beautiful game, just tremendous to watch it again. I haven't watched that much hockey, and then I'm, I'm knocking myself in the head after the game. I'm going like, or even during the game, realizing what a great sport this is. And i, I got to find a way, Big Doe, I said the same thing last year, got to find a way to make more time to watch hockey. It is awfully good, especially a game like last night. I, I, I totally agree with you, Coach, and uh... – but I don't miss the playoffs, and, and maybe that's a cop out. But you know, I make sure that, and no matter what happens in Game Seven on Tuesday, and hopefully it is the Blackhawks advancing, because yep. I really don't care if Roberto Luongo has a hard time sleeping for the next <laughs> couple months, uh, and he won't. He won't be able to sleep, coach. Well, what what if uh, like the Hawks come surging back from like a three goal uh, deficit or something like that? And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think you have to go with him. Schneider's out, right? Uh, not for sure. Our medical people are telling us uh, there, you know, that it's not as bad as expected. But my guess is it's going to be a Roberto Luongo in that. Yeah, even you got to go with Luongo, no matter what. I think he, if he, even all the the past stories of the last couple of years of just like blown leads and all that other stuff with Luongo against the Hawks, I, you got to go with him. Mm-hmm. He's the best. He's the second best going to the league behind Tim Thomas. So. And another great series, Montreal and Boston, Coach. I know, I don't know how much of that you've been able to watch. You know, not uh, not paying a whole lot of attention here. Uh, tell me about Montreal, Montreal and Boston. Oh, okay. I guess the the biggest story with that is you know Boston the three, Montreal the six. Yep. Uh, Zdeno Charo, you do know who he is, right, Coach? I thought he was the number three pitcher for the San Diego Padres, but apparently not. Uh, well, no, and he is not the husband. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Hoochie Coochie. No, no, not okay. not that. I bet, he, I bet he'd like to be. <laughs> Hoochie Coochie, I love that woman. Yeah. Okay, but Zdeno Charo is the six foot nine defenseman from the Boston Bruins. You know what I'm talking about? Six nine hockey player. Now it's starting to recollect. Okay, so you know the gigantic dude. When he yeah. when he's on the ice, it's just it's just it looks crazy. He, especially with the stick, he's covering half the ice. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks like. Well, when he was in Montreal about a Two months ago, he checked some guy really viciously, and it was illegal, and he got like a two-game suspension into the boards along the side where the 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 part the what do you call it, a bar or a pole comes up. Do you know what I mean? And he he drilled him into that right right by where the benches are, coach. You know what I'm saying? Where the opening yep. is along the ice. Yep. And and knocked the guy out for like a month. There was supposed to there's a warrant out for his arrest by the Montreal police. Okay, so. Instead of instead of staying in Montreal, Boston stayed in Niagara 
and then like took a long bus ride into Montreal uh, during the playoffs. So they're still fearing for his safety. Oh, there's been death threats. I mean, like, like, coach, it's been unbelievable. People in Montreal are bonkers. I wish I knew a little bit more French besides, but (laughs) those people up there, I mean, they're like, I mean, like legitimate death threats. It isn't like, you know, Montreal and Cleveland. I mean, Mm -hmm. you get death threats in Cleveland a lot too. Yeah, they take their hockey serious in Montreal. I don't know if we need to take it quite that serious, but. I agree. uh, yeah, I, I haven't paid that much attention to the other playoff series. As I apologize on that one, but uh, uh, Blackhawks in Vancouver, three to three. Now tomorrow night we got a little viewing situation. We got to watch Bulls game five that starts at seven o'clock, and you yeah. got the Blackhawks tipping off at nine o'clock. So if the Bulls game is a coaster, either way, not too much of a problem, big dog. But if it's close, I don't think you want to miss the first period of the Hawk game. No, you don't. You Any, do not because I, really a lead by the Hawks is gigantic. I think in that for the young TV watcher out there, any suggestions a veteran remote control specialist like yourself could offer for the potential quandary tomorrow night? Uh, there, that's absolutely no problem. You <laughs> tape one of the games. Wow, that's all you got to do. What do you mean you tape one of the games? It's well, quite... you can go back and forth. No, I'm no, assuming no, no. everybody that's listened to us on the internet. Can also afford a DVR. Yes. Okay. That's considering that this is our only form of getting out to people. They normally people have internet also have yeah, the package I, I of. I understand of, that, okay. but your 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 recommendation is weak, quite frankly. If you're going to be our RCS, a remote control specialist. Going, you, what do you, you mean? You have, to, you have to tape one of the games, coach. I understand that, but it's rather I. You don't. You, the, the answer is you don't have to tape one of the game. You tape. The Blackhawks game, the early game is going to, you know, the Bulls game would go, what, another half an hour or 45 minutes, so you're not going to watch the start no of the way, Hawks game. No way, it won't game. go that far. Yeah, you, you tape the Hawks game, because otherwise you'll find out with a little scroll underneath the Hawks game who won the Bulls game. So actually the information you get out is, gave out was incorrect, and I'm quite no, disappointed in you. No, the coach. I would agree with you. You're going to be at home watching the game. Yes, sir. Why would you? It's not like you're out <laughs> later, okay? What? No, you got me totally baffled over I, here. As my wife would say, I would agree with you, Joel, but then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move to. We got a lot to cover. They only give us one, one hour today, Dave. Any chance we can go two hours? Oh, a possibility? Ah, come on, not giving us two hours. He's he's toying with me here. We'll go two hours if you want. I don't. I don't know if I have enough phone time, Coach. Ah, come on. Money is no object, big dog. No, by the I'm way, a battery charger. By the way, some kudos. As bad as, uh, what's the goal? He's named Corey Schneider with the groin pull fills this morning. Yeah. He doesn't look as bad or feel as bad as our producer, David Olson, who uh, give him some kudos. Big dog playing injured today. He looks like death warmed over, but still making an appearance after a sickly weekend. Oh, that's, that's, that's too bad. You know, and he's starting to live a healthy lifestyle. Well, the problem was, I think the, the kids and the wife got sick and he fought it off, but eventually it got to him too. And, uh, that's too bad because if it was like in like a month or two after like he'd been in constantly exercising and all that, he wouldn't have got sick, Coach. <laughs> Apparently not. Surveys oh. say eight, eight out of ten radio producers would have called in sick today. Our guy David Olson is here. Give him his kudos, big dog. Well, he didn't get a fix of you last Friday, Coach, because you were in the uh, – what were you? Yes. You get your prostate checked a lot more <laughs> frequently than normal people do, Coach. Well, that's a little bit closer to the truth than I care to uh, admit, actually. But uh, that was not the reason I was uh, doctorally assisting my son as he got his wisdom teeth pulled out. 
And I thought it was an 8 o'clock appointment, so I thought, no problem, I'll make the show at 10 o'clock. But uh, we were on doctor's hours, did not quite make it. So I apologize for missing Friday's show. How long does it take, though, to rip them suckers out of there? Well, not that long. But I we... didn't think it would. You just got to take, you know, it's no. one movement, right? I'll tell you what, though, the laughing guess, the goofy guess that they gave him, uh huh. Uh, he walked out. He walked out like you, big dog, at the Rock Brewery last night when you walked out after the Hawks game. Oh, really? He was oh, yeah. like jumping up and down, screaming at the top of his lungs nope. in the middle of the street. No, no, no. He was swerving back and forth. A lot more uh, horizontal movement than vertical movement as we headed to the car. I asked for a hit of that. As much as I paid for the wisdom teeth, I said, "Can I get a hit of that stuff?" <laughs> yeah. By the way, I was I was really happy and gleeful, not because the Hawks had won, even though I was happy. Yeah. I hadn't seen my girlfriend in a long time. Well, that's number one, of course. Yeah, so that was, you know, yes, never way you can imagine. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sh- surprised <laughs> in your rare time alone that she allowed you to celebrate watching the Hawks game at Rock Bottom Brewery. Already, I'm very impressed with the young lady. Yeah, isn't that really? Think yes. about that. I, I don't really think she even realizes. Yeah, that's you know, I, I I notate that type of stuff. That's great dedication to the cause. She realizes you're a practicing professional. It's part of your job. But uh, I don't know about the five or six beers, but it's part of your job to watch the sporting events here. So uh, I think uh, her sacrifice in honor of your profession is very duly. Yes, and uh, I'm just happy about it, Coach. Yeah, I bet you are. 888-463-6748 is our phone number. Dial it up. Talks and sports. We're going to move quickly now to the end. A playoffs. First and foremost, we got to talk about our team here from Chicago, Big Dog. It's been a uh, tight series all. Even though the uh, Bulls are up 3-1, they were up 3-0 going into it. It's been tight every single game. Finally, finally, they're not able to pull out a game, even though they make a big fourth quarter comeback. First of uh, the playoff game, I did not watch. So I've got little info on it, uh, but I do know we had less points than they did. Yeah, uh, Coach, um yeah, I was I was working on on Saturday, so I was not able to watch the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, normally I would watch it on a replay. Anyways, I haven't had a chance to do that. So, yep. uh, but the Derrick Rose injury, I mean, the kid is tough. I mean, you talk about somebody that handles everything exactly the way that you'd want them to handle it. Mm-hmm. He was immediately like, uh, "I'll be fine. Don't worry. No excuse." Yeah, Here, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Because again, I'm a huge Derrick Rose fan. Bulls play better. The Bulls played better when Derrick Rose went out of the game. It's true. Um, I know I'm a lot of people don't want to hear that, but they did. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue that because uh, uh, I, I've seen it happen a lot this year mm-hmm. when CJ Watson uh, comes in and yep. and they they explode as a team. Yeah, so. and, and Tom Thibodeau is doing what I feared would happen, Big Dog, and he's playing his substitutes less. C.J. Watson gets like five minutes a game now. Yeah. You know, yeah. what do they call him, the bench mob? I mean, these guys have been great all season long, giving the team energy. Have confidence in him, Tommy Tebow. I know you're a first-year coach. Put him out there. Omar Ashik, Arani Brewer, and I guess Brewer's been injured a little bit, but uh, they played better when Derrick Rose wasn't out. And I'll add this into it, uh, the little bit I saw and the previous game, I haven't seen a defender all season long, Big Dog, play better one-on-one mono versus mono defense on Derrick Rose than Dante Jones did for the Indiana Pacers. Really? Yes. And and he didn't even play much the first two games of the series. No. They brought him in 6-6. He took on the challenge and uh, had a little bit of help at times, but he harassed 
Derrick Rose, and, and I don't know if Rose is getting tired. This is before his ankle injury, but he was not able to get into the paint against Dante Jones. I thought the guy played outstanding. So you did get to watch some of the game? Well, I watched Friday's game. The only game okay. I haven't watched was um, game, game, game four. four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the uh, Bulls still in pretty good position. They're up 3-1, coming back to the United Center. Tomorrow, of course, the ankle injury for D. Rose is going to be a factor, big dog. But uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, uh, your gut feeling, Bulls wrap it up, or Indiana going to make a series out of it? Oh, no, 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 no. The Bulls are going to wrap it up. I'm 100% confident. I had the, really? I had the Bulls in five coming in there. I, I'm not surprised the Pacers won a game. They're a good ball club, and they've been playing really good basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Look how good Memphis was playing. It's not always the number. Sometimes, like teams have uh, metamorphosis and, and change. Memphis, if you, Memphis was thirty-three and fifteen to end the season, and look, they're giving San Antonio everything they have. Uh, I mean, everything possible on the table. Memphis could have easily been the like the fifth or sixth seed too. They were they were pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. Pacers are kind of in that same boat, coach. They're not as good as Memphis. Well, who is man? Memphis is really good, by the way, but um. They're an excellent basketball team. They were playing really well the last month of the season, Coach. And they beat the Bulls the last time they played the Bulls, convincingly, if you if you remember. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that they won a game in this series, but the Bulls will get it done. Yeah, well, I, I kind of agree with your analysis at the Indiana Pacers, and that's why it surprised me, surprises me to hear you say you're 100% confident the uh, Bulls will wrap it up. I, I, think, uh, you know, I think the Bulls are going to win, but boy. Uh, is there doubt? Absolutely. Indiana Pacers playing tough. I don't think they can come back and win three in a row, but uh, these two teams are a lot more even than the one seed, eight seed would indicate. I totally agree with you at, at, at that last statement, but the Bulls will get it done. It'll be like a 195 game that was close mm-hmm. the whole time. All right. Other uh, matchups in the NBA. You want to talk some NBA playoffs? Big dog and a coach as opposed to hockey. We actually know what we're talking about here. 888-463-6748. You alluded to one of the series. Memphis up 2-1 against San Antonio. Great three-point shot at the end of the game by Zach Randolph. He didn't want to shoot it. Wow. No, he didn't. He, he looked he left. looking for someone to cut yeah, looking left or cut to the hole. Instead, all four guys are just standing there looking at him. He's like, okay. He like shrugs his shoulders like, okay, I'll win the game. And he just... <laughs> Flings up a three-pointer well, and it goes in. Not lucky either. Didn't hit off the backboard on the switch city. Well, perfect uh, shot. Perfect form. Perfect form, wasn't it? Perfect shot. But, so, uh, yeah, Memphis, well, the best way to describe San Antonio, they, you know, they got the great coach, the great system, but they are looking old. Tim Duncan clearly is not a still good player, but he's clearly not the Tim Duncan of uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, no, no, he is not. Yeah, and uh, But he'll still have the flashes. And he's still the big fundamentalist, you know, yeah. coach. And, you know, he'll have, like, he'll get the pivot foot out, yeah. go one way, spin the other, hit it off yeah. the backboard, and he's halfway down the court getting in a defensive position before the guy who was guarding him even knew what the heck happened. Yeah, he's like the big, slower fundamentalist right now. Yeah. He, he does all the moves, just not quite with the quickness and explosion that he used to. Yeah, but I still see the explosion every once in a while, but yeah. never for a whole game. Okay. Never for a whole game. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, I've watched a lot of San Antonio. I've watched almost all the the Memphis San Antonio games. Coach have been phenomenal. I think I've watched as much as that as as uh, yep. the Bulls game so far, just because of of my workload. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Mono Ginobili, by the way, uh, even in defeat, that guy's amazing. You know, you mm-hmm. look at him, you look at it. You know, the guy's got the receding hairline. Does not have the great athletic physique. You think, how the hell can this guy be an NBA star? But right now, he's their best 
player. He's just, uh, it's fascinating to watch because his greatness, I don't know how to explain it, but he is a great player, but it's understated, I guess. You know what it is? He's the little fundamentalist. Yeah. That's I mean, good. if you see some of his moves, it resembles mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. It's just further away from the basket. The shot uh, fake? Has it yeah, yes. The little pump fake and then like the pivot foot and yep. then. People don't people don't take advantage of the pivot foot fakes like they used to. Like in the, when I was like became aware of basketball and stuff in the early eighties, yep. I used to remember that, and that. That was like my game, coach. I'd plan it, fake a pass, and then turn around and like lay it in. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. could be so easy. Yeah, old school. You mm-hmm. you were old school. Oh, I, I said yeah, I was old school even when I was ten years old, coach. <laughs> I, I really, I'm, I'm an yeah. old soul coach. And I was I was country when country wasn't cool. Don't forget about that. Play you some of my Loretta. When, when, when was country not cool? Uh, Come on, back when I was back when I was in high school hair. and college. In fact, there's a hit song from Barbara Mandrell. I had to keep all my Barbara Mandrell and Loretta Young, Loretta Young, Loretta Young eight tracks well, under Loretta my bed Ying, so my friends. She is hot, by huh? the way. Loretta Ying. <laughs> Stop it! But uh, Barbara Mandrell actually sang a song that I was country before country wasn't cool. There, absolutely was a period when uh, all of us country music fans, we had to, we, you know, it was like the gay liberation. We had to go undercover for a little bit. Now you you really are a, a country fan, aren't you, Coach? Oh, yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the country, again, you the country channel on in your, in, your, in your car? U.S. 99. But, again, it's easy to be a country fan now because it's somewhat in vogue. I was a country fan when it wasn't cool. As a high school or college kid, when the peer pressure is right there, I still support it. The country music, even though I kept the eight tracks hidden under my bed, and the Playboys were on top of my bed, I went reverse. How long did eight tracks eight tracks last, Coach? <sighs> David Olson, media critic, would probably have a better answer for that. Yeah, but he's my I'd, answer, say, I'd say roughly a decade. It was that long, if, if that long. Okay, if yeah, that I, was, long. I, I was, I was, I honestly thinking like two years no. that it was ever like. Okay. No, they, they were hot for a while. Because t- tapes were around for like 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, that, that yeah, that's what killed the eight track. Because uh-huh. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, coach, since this is you know predating me. Take it easy. Eight tracks came out right, right around 1970. Yeah, right around 1970, mm-hmm. and by 1978 they were dead, and the cassette oh, had taken over. Okay, yeah, that 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 sounds about right. Because for some reason I had both a tape and the record player. You know, I had the combo, and I would mm-hmm. get both. I have no idea why I did it like that, but yeah, I want, uh, the tape. Tape came after a track. Yeah, tape yeah. came around 1976. Okay. I want to say and then 75, CDs, 76. CDs followed tape. Yeah, of CDs. CDs were the late 80s, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They didn't really catch on until like 92, 93. Well, I, I do know it. Like by like 1990, though, I, I was I was good on that because the CDs. Right when the CDs came out, that's when. I, that was like like right when when I was in high school, and I went from basically records to CDs. Wow, beautiful, beautiful you, stuff. You jumped a couple generations. So I got an eight track for you, Big Doug. Still, uh, great Chicago Cub highlights over the years. The sad thing is, out of the eight tracks, only two of them are filled. The other six are silent. <laughs> it's a little bit sad. Eight 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 four six three six seven four. A real quick finishing up NBA playoffs. We got to get to some baseball too. Uh, Boston Celtics sweep the New York Knicks. Big dog. Uh, some of the games were close, so the sweep's a little bit misleading. Kevin Garnett twenty six points yesterday. I don't know if this means no, the no, Celtics. I don't think it is misleading, Coach. What's that? I don't think it is misleading. 
Celtics, I mean, you can say New York played them tough in Boston, but Boston made all the adjustments, and by the end, like, they wiped them out in game four. So, I'm, I'm... and that was a Knicks team coming in. I know they played badly when they got Carmelo first, but finishing the regular season, they had uh, Mo Mentum on their side. Yes, but they didn't have Chauncey Billups in ah, the series. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, so the, who knows? Uh, Chauncey Billups is a playoff machine. Yeah, yeah he's a presence, a comforting uh it gives the younger players that comfort level veteran guy. You know, he can't be your best player, but clearly the Knicks missed him. You know, it's funny, coaches. Like, you know, when you, you like, if you just say a player's name, you kind of like think of like the stereotype of that player mm-hmm. or like, or the persona of that player. You, know, you say Chauncey Billups to me, and I immediately think playoffs. I mean, that's the first thing when I think when I, you know, and when you, you say Carmelo Anthony, Anthony to me, the first, it used to be the guy that put a college basketball team on his back, you know, and, uh, and a great defensive team wins a national title. But now all they think about is the ball stopper. And, you know, they, they came up with that term to describe Carmelo Anthony. And that's what you, you know, the guys that we hate coach, that's what they, that's their label now by NBA coaches are mm-hmm. ball stoppers. Interesting. Don't you like, like, as it, like, you know, normally zip the ball, zipping around and passing and cutting and driving to the hoop and kicking out. No, no, the guys that catch it and stop it, yeah. clear out, clear out. Yeah. I'm going to try a fadeaway jump shot against mm-hmm. this fool in that's, front of me. That's great. And now, and so many NBA superstars, let's not just put it on Carmelo Anthony. I like that concept and I agree with you. It's not a positive concept, the ball stopper concept, but a lot of NBA <laughs> superstars, including our very own Derrick Rose, have become that big dog. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a little different when it's a point guard now, isn't it, Coach? Uh, maybe. No, no, you, know, you, you see where I'm getting at. So that's why I'm not going to start pounding Derrick Rose. Because I really think Derrick Rose, deep down in his heart and in his soul, loves his teammates and is really doing whatever it takes for them to win games. Yeah. Okay. Where Carmelo Anthony, I sometimes feel like it's, he's the show and he has to be the star. And if he scored 40 and they lost, he'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, uh, let's move uh, next series on the docket. We had uh, Atlanta and Orlando, and this one is a 3-1. A lot of people thought Orlando would be up 3-1. It's the Atlanta Hawks taking the game to the Magic. Dwight Howard, big dog, has played extremely well, but uh, they're letting him score his points, get his rebounds, and then shutting down everybody else. Hawks up 3-1, to one, a bit of a surprise. You remember what, my pick in this was Atlanta, and, yep. and, my, and I'm afraid that Atlanta – matches up better to the Bulls than Orlando does because, like I told you, the Bulls, I said they had trouble with Indianapolis and they would uh, either blow out Orlando or have trouble again with Atlanta. Well, you know what? I I think I have rethought what I was thinking, Coach, because after watching Orlando play, I am really, even if the the Bulls will struggle a little bit more with uh, Atlanta, I'm really hoping Atlanta can finish Orlando because they don't play cheap. Orlando is taking like you drive to the hole against Orlando, you're taking your life in your hands, Coach. Mm. It's like you're watching the Pistons in the uh, in the 1980s. Van Gundy, they're not even playing basketball anymore. That's their problem, I think, Coach. They're going too much, you know, uh, uh, just like uh, street like thug basketball mentality. They they need to learn how to play like crisp NBA like future style basketball. They're trying to play the play like have you watched them play this series coach? A little bit. I mean, come on. It, it, it's it's really boring basketball to watch. And it, it was funny as they tried to, you know, yesterday what they were 2 or 23 from three point attempts. 
they didn't move the ball whatsoever. It was either, oh, oh, uh, either Dwight Howard worked to get open or he was too tired, so he didn't want to do it. So let's just chuck up a three-point shot. And then defensively, all they do is just like, like if you drive to the hole against Orlando, you're going to be on your back eventually. For a brief so, moment in time during the regular season when they when they got back, uh, he do Turkaloo. One of our favorite guys that looked like the Orlando Magic was playing more of a team moving the ball around. And then towards the end of the season, and in the Atlanta Hawks series, has pretty much become a two-man game. Jameer Nelson, Dwight Howard, the rest of the guys standing around occasionally looking for their three-pointer. And that's uh, that's been their recipe the last couple of years. And, it, you know, it, it's it's good to be a good team, but it doesn't work to be a great team in the playoffs. And that seems to be Orlando's kind of stuck in that mode. Yeah, so even though I know the Bulls will just destroy Orlando, I really believe that, Coach. I don't want them playing Orlando before they have to play Boston okay. in the Eastern Conference Finals because, I mean, Dwight Howard, look what he's, Dwight Howard has like four highlight reel destructions of Derrick Rose already. I mean, so, Dwight Howard is an immature, like, selfish dude, and when he learns that the Bulls are going to beat them, uh, you, you, he's flipped Derrick Rose and almost killed him two years ago, if you mm-hmm. remember that, when Derrick Rose was a rookie. Yep. And he's had even worse ones since then. Yeah, this season. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want the bull face in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cloudy had to remind me of that. Because when I was like, dude, I don't want to play Atlanta. And he's like, he's like, oh, you want Derrick Rose getting destroyed by Dwight Howard? <laughs> and right when he said that to me, we were watching the Orlando game. I'm not kidding you. Like two seconds later, a backup on Orlando uh like legitimately elbowed uh, in Atlanta do while he was going to the hole. I mean, it was it, it shouldn't be a suspension. It wasn't even a flagrant foul. Now, do I hear you in addition implying, maybe I'm wrong here, feel free to say so, that by playing the Atlanta Hawks, even though it'll be a tougher series for the Bulls, playing Atlanta is going to get us better ready for the Celtics than playing Orlando? Did did I get that right? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. okay. What I just meant health-wise. Okay. I don't worry about... I, I worry about Al Horford doing just dumb stuff because Al Horford's Al Horford, and that guy is a winner, by the way. And I, w- I would much rather have Al Horford than Carlos Boozer on the Chicago Bulls any day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that they'll come out healthier. I worry about Derrick Rose driving to the hole with Dwight Howard and uh, trying to destroy him. I mean, mm-hmm. like, legit, like, you worry about Derrick Rose getting hurt, Coach, and I never did. Until this, like, all of a sudden the playoffs happened and I started realizing. I mean, this guy's game legitimately is I'm going to take the ball to the hoop whenever I want to. I'll pull up and I'll do everything else too, but you just have to know that. I'm going to break you down and I can get a layup on you whenever I want. But pay attention. The last two games, Uh that has not been the case. And you're right. Up until the last two games, he pretty much any time he wants to. But I don't know if it's Dante Jones or if it's tired legs, but he has not been able to get by his defender and get into the paint, settling for jump shots, and uh, those jump shots aren't falling right now. So we'll see in Game yeah. 5. All right, let's move quickly along to baseball, Big Dog. Again, uh, uh, Coach of the Big Dog with you here, and the two guys that a Mike show will be with you every day this week, Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning to 11, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. Wow! Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number real quick. Baseball over the weekend, Big Dog. White Sox lose. There are slumps, and there are slumps. They are in a huge slump, particularly of the hitting variety. It's amazing because they got all these supposed power hitters. Yeah, well, it's also April, and they don't have supposed power hitters. They do have power hitters, and everybody knows something about power hitters. 
there's a power shortage whenever it's really cold, Coach. And when is it really cold when you play baseball? In April mm-hmm. and in October. Okay. I hope you're right, because I'm a White Sox fan. I hope you're right. It's just it's a little discouraging uh, that it's not, you know, like the mile or something. It is a complete factory shutdown. Yeah, it's 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 bad, Coach. It's really bad right now. But, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Do you, are the Sox out of it? They can turn it around. Everything can work out for the White Sox mm-hmm. this season, and they can make the playoffs. So, Absolutely. You know, is it reason to panic? No, not, not at all. You know, like, recently, Kansas City and Cleveland are starting to show the cracks that we knew they had. You know, and maybe Cleveland and Kansas City can fight to win 82 games this year. That w- it would be nice. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, eventually, it's going to come down to you know Detroit. And, and I know you wrote the Twins off, Coach. Yes, I won't I have. do that. Just I, yet. Officially... I, won't, I, won't, I won't. I am not writing the Twins off like you have. I'm showing David Olson the sheet right here. I've signed it on the top. I have officially documented. With uh, my legal people, I have written the Minnesota Twins off. So if they come back and win, you can rip up my divorce papers, Big Dub. But it's uh, I've got well, my I, signature out of it. Twins are out of it. I want to I want to make a point here. I want to wonder if you're going to agree with my analysis. This is probably this not. But interesting. Take a shot at it anyway. If not, we can on, both go into probate together and live happily ever after. On April first, there have been many times in my life where I've been like, "Wow, anybody can win this division," but. By April 20th, you realize that, oh, it's baseball and there's good teams in the division and there's bad teams in the division. Right now, this far into a season, can you remember a division where all five teams equally, if you look at any team, if you said they would win this division, you'd be like, yeah, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and we're, and we're 20, we're almost, uh, you know, 18% way into the season right now. You, and of course, you're talking about the American League Central. Yeah, American League Central. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're absolutely correct. Even though I've written off Minnesota, history will tell us they got a chance. And what the two teams on top, Kansas City, they struggled over the weekend. What they got swept or lost two out of three. And Cleveland, I don't think is going to stay that hot. So uh, yeah, this you could have four or five teams within five games of each other with a month left. Yeah, but then if if I you know if I told you that you know Alex Gordon, the Kansas City uh, Royal like young stud, actually is for real and. You know, all the pitching that they have holds up. Wow, they went in the same, in the same thing with Cleveland. Grady Sizemore and Travis Hafner after being injured for the last couple of years, now they lead them. And we all know the White Sox have the most talent in, in the division. Can they, can the talent finally rise up? Can, when it gets warm and the balls are just flying out of ballparks for mm-hmm. three months, the, the White, what happened last year was, David Olson, you're, you're our White Sox expert. What was the, it was a historic run. What the White Sox did last year for like 27 games, weren't they like 25 yeah. and 2 or something? Remember they had, they had that bad start. It was uh, right when we had first come on the air. We were a fairly new show still. But, uh, he's looking up the exact stats right now. But yeah, we had the bad start and then went on an incredible. It was incredible. I mean, the, I mean, it was like the 1983 White yep. Sox. Do you remember the 1983 White Sox went on like a two-and-a-half-month streak that is one of the greatest streaks that has ever happened in the history of baseball, mm-hmm. the whole win-and-ugly year. Um, what they did last year, it wasn't as long, obviously, because you know, but uh, it, was, uh, it was definitely historic, and it was after a slow start. So yeah. when, it gets, when it warms up, Coach, okay. trust me, on a 95-degree day in the middle of the fifth inning when a pitcher has 100 pitches already, and he looks up and he's like, done. Kernerko, Quentin, Ramirez, 
that's you know it's totally different when it's April fifteenth and it's thirty eight degrees out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Some you know, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's a common theory, and I hope you're right. And it's an easy trap to fall into to get depressed right now because the White Sox are an extended, not two or three now, but a 10-game, just, a, again, factory shutdown of all their hitting and their bats. Um, mm-hmm. It's easy to get discouraged, but as you know, Big Dog is an athlete yourself. Discouragement, or I'm sorry, disappointment or failure can serve as a stimulant or as a discouragement. You can go one of two ways. Hopefully the White Sox will use this failure as a stimulant and not discouragement. How's that for some philosophy on life? I'm going to use it as a stimulant, Coach, because I'm spending way too much money on coffee anyways. You use everything as a stimulant, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Speaking of stimulants, Producer David Olson. They started out at 22 and 29. Okay. Then they went 27 and 9 going into the break. Okay, 27 and 9 is 750 baseball for almost a fourth of the season. Right, and they were they were in, they were leading the division by the All Star break. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That that's actually uh, good to retrace those steps for the White Sox. I almost forgot about that, and that's not like ten years ago. That was last year. Yeah, exactly. And, and during that twenty-seven and nine, coach, they did go like on a crazy like twenty and two, like like it, it went something like that where they had like four eight game winning streaks or three eight game winning streaks like right in a row. It was. It was it was just crazy. No, it, 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 it went into September. Kept on going like seven or eight game winning streaks after that. Okay, and then okay. it went. Yeah, to, it was it, a crazy. Like they went like twenty five and two. I think at some point, Dave. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, no, no. You're right. You're right. It was it was something like unbelievable. Yeah, like even that. even more even better than twenty seven and nine. I think it might have been yeah, like twenty. It, really, it was. Yeah, it was an incredible streak. I, I I almost forgot about that. And again, it's not ten years ago; it was last year. So, huh? good uh, history re uh, pronunciation, big done, very nicely done. It, I think all five teams are going to contend this year. It would be, uh, I think, it would be kind of nice considering, you know, like I'm a Cub fan. I could really care less about the American League Central, but I'm a baseball fan. Yep. It would be it would be kind of cool to watch five teams fight for a division all season long. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the White Sox have the most talent. We'll see if. If talent prevails. Yeah, well, that, that might happen in your Chicago Cubs division, too, if the Cincinnati Red Stockings do not <laughs> find right. their way. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, Cincy, Cubs, St. Louis, maybe Pittsburgh. You might have the same thing going on in the National League Central last month of the season. I would love to see PNC Park, the finest facility in all of baseball, loaded with uh, you know, it won't be Pittsburgh Pirate fans, but it'll be the, like like Cincinnati fans or Cub fans or Cardinal fans. You know, shot. in in well, you know, go to that park, people. Oh my goodness, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but are you but saying I, the the Pittsburgh fans? They'll they'll show up. But Pirate fans are great baseball fans. No, no, they're not, Coach. They had okay. they had they Sounded they never sold out any of their playoff games when they won three consecutive division titles in the early nineties. They didn't sell out one of those games. What about the We Are Family years? Um. It, it, Actually, it was a little bit better then, to be honest with you. They actually had better crowds back then. Back when it was Three Rivers Stadium? Uh-huh. Little Willie Stargell? Little Rennie Stennett? Little Manny Sangian? Uh, John Candelaria? The bespectacled Steve Blass? Uh, Richie Hebner with a little <laughs> pop off the bench? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Bob Robertson, possibly the whitest white man to ever play the game? This is true. Like, uh, he actually went on the 15-day DL one time for sunburn. <laughs> He went into a tanning booth. It was the first place that ever turned him away. I said, get out of here, buddy. <laughs> they were using him to tan other people. <laughs> uh, 
Other baseball action real quick. Got about a minute to sum it up. Boston swept Anaheim. The Red Sox are back, and the Angels get knocked back a little bit. That was a four-game sweep picked up. Wow. Yeah, and John Lackey. Think about it, Coach. If if the Red Sox really – because now that they started off so horribly, John Lackey has to be good the rest of the year because Mm -hmm. it's not like you can – you know, mess around with him. He has to be good now and uh, a shutout yesterday. Yep, Red Sox are back on their way. Philadelphia Phillies sweep San Diego, another four-game sweep. It is rare when you have a ballyhooed pitching staff like the Philadelphia Phillies has. Somewhere along the way, they don't live up to their reputation. So far, Big Dog, that starting staff has been as good as advertised. They were phenomenal on that series. Halliday yesterday, 14 strikeouts in eight and a third inning. I gotta find out who the ump is, but for the last three games, uh, Halliday has pitched with the ump behind the plate. He has at least 11 strikeouts, has thrown a perfect game, and only allowed one run that was with two outs in the last inning of yesterday's game as they won three Man, to one. He's over the hill. <laughs> Past his prime. How about the New York Mets laughing stock of baseball first, uh, the New York month? Mets. What did I say? You said the Mets. They're the New York Mets, coach. I've taken your name change and I've yeah. held it onto it. The New York Mets. The New York Mets. Yeah. What did I say? The... <laughs> I thought I said Mets. <laughs> they got a, they got a four game winning streak. The Mets are no longer the laughing stock. Apparently, you are though. Uh, I guess I am. Either you Jason are or Bay, I am. Jason One of Bay off the DL, and so now his twenty one million dollars a year can be put to good use, and that's catching fly balls in left field. By the way, Mel Kiper loves David Wright's hair. Says the only hair that he thinks is better than his own. And by the way, David Wright was the first guy with the gazoo helmet to, to protect the hair. Really? Yeah, because they were like, you I wear, thought Jose you Card- wear the gazoo helmet. Didn't Jose Cardinal have the? No, 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 the gazoo helmet. The new helmet, oh, okay. gigantic helmets to prevent okay. concussions. There you go. David Wright started it, and they were like, oh, are you worried about concussions? He said, no, look at my hair. <laughs> All right, dog, we got to wrap it up. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? We shall. There it is. Big Dog checking in. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thanks for playing Hurt today. Coach of the Big Dog Pack at you tomorrow with 10. Two guys and a mic signing off. Have a great day, everybody.